All right, everybody, we're on. We're on, we're on, we're on. Hello, everybody. Say hi, Welcome everyone. To... Say hello, hi. everybody. Welcome to our first time guest. Thank you for joining us. And you can also join us on NewarkUPC.info where you can go ahead and submit your prayer request. And also, please partner with us in giving. And also, you can also join our small groups on NewarkUPC.info. We've been looking at a, our theme, digging our own wells. And Pastor Desi's gonna kick us off tonight with our focus this week on personal worship. Enjoy. Enjoy. Good evening, Newark family, and welcome back once again to our evening message. And I'm excited to be with you here on this Saturday night as we get ready to begin a new week and a new theme. So this week, I get to launch the theme as we continue in our May series on digging your own wells. And this entire week, we're going to spend our time focusing on the idea of our personal worship. And this is very important as we learn to dig our own wells. While we are separated from each other physically, and we're not able to have our normal Sunday services and our normal children's services and all of our small groups in the traditional format that we're used to, we have been encouraging all of you to learn to dig your own wells as it comes to your prayer time, as it comes to reading your Bible. And so now we want to talk about what does worship look like in our personal lives when we are not able to gather together for corporate worship. So before we launch into this this week, I want to start by just taking a moment to talk about what personal worship is and the fact that personal worship should be understood as a lifestyle. We worship God with our entire being. Now, I know for many of you, myself included, the way we were raised in church and what we're used to talking about is the idea of coming together on Sunday, and that's our time of worship. In fact, we even call that our worship service. And many times, if we're not careful without even thinking about it, we reduce it to an even smaller scope than that. And we don't just talk about our Sunday worship service. We talk about the worship portion of the service. And what we mean by that is the music portion, when we come together and we spend time in singing. And yes, worship includes that. And yes, worship has to do with singing. And it has to do with when we come together in a Sunday service. But worship is so much more than that. That's a motorcycle going down the street by my neighbor's house. Worship is so much more than that. Worship also includes every aspect of our lifestyle. When we reduce worship to just the idea of when we're singing together corporately, we've kind of missed the point. In the Bible, in both the Old and then the New Testaments, the idea of worship had to do with your submission to someone, such as a king or for those of us who are religious and understand God's role in our lives as we submit to Jesus as our king. When you came before a king and you knelt and you bowed your head, when you prostrated yourself on the floor as was common in many ancient Near Eastern cultures, that was a sign of submission. That was a sign that your life was dedicated to that person. They had complete and total control over you. It was an act of worship. The closest we get to this in our modern world that we see in the idea of what was this ancient biblical idea of worship is what we see with the daily call to prayer in many Muslim assemblies. When you see them on their prayer mats as they're on their knees and then they bow forward with their palms flat to the floor and they put their forehead down to the ground 
And that physical posture demonstrates closer to the biblical idea of worship. Now, why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up to point out that worship is not just the words that come out of our mouth. Worship is not just the act of singing and praise that we do. Worship is the idea of how we live. It is a physical posture, as we see described in the Old Testament, but it represents a spiritual posture. And that's what we need to be conscious of. What is our posture towards God? What is our posture towards our Christian service? Do you think of yourself only in terms as a Christian on Sunday mornings? If the only time you consider yourself to be a Christian is on Sunday mornings when you gather together with other believers for a worship service, then that is the limit of your worship. But I would also politely tell you, then you're not really living a Christian life. But when we learn to recognize that our entire lives are dedicated to God, then we can learn to understand that worship incorporates our entire life. I worship God when I raise my hands, when I come together with other believers, and when we sing, and when we have a time of corporate worship. But I also worship God when I'm in my home. I worship God when I get up in the morning, and I thank him for a new day, and I ask him to cleanse my heart and help me to live as a Christian, as a disciple of Christ. I worship God when I sit down with my Bible and I choose to read it slowly and carefully because I want to learn and I want to grow from God's Word. I worship God when I interact with my neighbors and I'm kind and I'm friendly towards them and I let my life live as a witness and example to them. I worship God when I treat my wife correctly and when I extend love and grace and kindness to her. I worship God when I model for my children the way that we should live together. I worship God in my own home when I choose to sing songs and praises. And my family during this lock-in time has chosen to take Sunday morning. And we do family devotions together. And we read scripture together and pray together. And we sing songs much like we would in a regular Sunday morning worship service. That's all part of our act of worship towards God. See, when we begin to change our mindset and we stop thinking of worship as something I do when I go to church and we start to think of worship as something that I am, when we begin to think of worship as the way that I live, then we can recognize that worship is a lifestyle. It's not just something that we engage in for 20 minutes here and there a couple times a week. Worship as a lifestyle incorporates everything that we do. Worship as a lifestyle changes the way that I view my relationship with my family. It changes the way that I view my relationship with my neighbors. It changes the way that I interact with God. It's also very encouraging because I can begin to recognize when I choose, and it's a choice, to live a godly life, when I do my best to act in a way that is pleasing and honorable to God, it's an act of worship. So let's extend it out beyond the home. It means that when I go to work and I treat my coworkers with kindness, it's an act of worship. It means when I go to work and I do my best to perform my job with excellence, it's an act of worship. It means when I was a student, for those of you who are younger and you're still in school, whether that is in K through 12 or you're in college, when you go to the classroom 
and you apply yourself and you learn and you do your assignments with excellence, that is an act of worship. When I honor God with the first fruits of my labor and I give of my tithe, that's an act of worship. When I demonstrate my measure of trust as I give God offerings for the use in his kingdom, both in our local assembly and abroad, that is an act of worship. When I get ready for bed and as I end out my day, I pray with our children before we go to sleep, that is an act of worship. When I choose to take care of my body and therefore I don't engage in certain activities that I know are wrong and I abstain from things that I know are unhealthy, that is an act of worship. If you haven't gotten the point yet, what I'm trying to demonstrate is that virtually everything we do is an act of worship. Now let's flip it on its head. Here's the scary part of this. Worship is always a lifestyle and everyone worships something. For your neighbor who is obsessed with their house and their lawn and they're always doing projects, and they've got that better home and garden lawn, and they've got that house that they're always adding on to, and every spare moment of their day, and all of their extra income goes into making this palatial living space. It's an act of worship. They may not realize what they're worshiping, but it's an act of worship. For your coworker who is that diehard sports-obsessed fan, and the only thing they can do is think about fill-in-the-blank team, and all their extra money goes towards their game tickets and watching the game and participating in the game and their tailgate parties and traveling to away games, and they are fill-in-the-blank's number one biggest fan, and it consumes their life, that is an act of worship. For the addict who struggles with an addiction, and they continually give in to this, and they're not even trying to fight it, and their world is consumed with satiating that desire for whatever it is, that's an act of worship. For the person who's in an immoral relationship, and they're consumed with lust, and they're consumed with spending time with this other person in an unhealthy way, whether that's emotionally or sexually or some other act, it's an act of worship. See, everyone is going to worship someone or something. As human beings, we were created to worship. The trick is that most of us don't recognize who we are worshiping. So I call on you, my dear brothers and sisters, my fellow children of God, as we live as disciples of Christ, that we think differently, that we act differently, that we're intentional in the way that we live and in the way that we worship. The scriptures tell us that once we are filled with the Holy Spirit, it begins to change the way we think. It begins to change the way that we look at the world. And if we will allow the Holy Spirit to transform our minds, it will begin to transform our bodies and transform our lives. And when we live a transformed life, then we live as a light in a world full of darkness. Then we can be a witness, a true disciple of Jesus, and as others are drawn to us, we can tell them about the good news that lives within us, the good news that they have the opportunity to live differently, that they can overcome the world and the bondage of sin and its final payment, death. Our lives, everything we do, all of our choices, the way that we interact with each other, the way that we treat ourselves, 
They are all acts of worship. Now for the good news. For you as a fellow believer, this means that your daily devotions, whatever that looks like, this means that as you dig your own well, it's an act of worship. Every time you read the scriptures, and your intent is not just to check a box, but it's actually to learn and to spend time with God. Every time you turn on the Christian radio and you sing along with it as you're driving down the road. Every time you have a conversation with God, which is prayer, simply just talking with God, that is an act of worship. Every time that you decide to do whatever the activity is that you're doing with a measure of excellence because you know that your life represents your king, that is an act of worship. And so all this week, we're going to talk about personal worship. But we wanted to open by having a discussion of worship as a lifestyle. So please understand, over the next few days, as we talk about these other elements of worship, we're only hitting a few of them. We don't have time this week to unpack everything that's an act of worship. So instead, we're going to focus on a few specific items. You will see on Sunday's broadcast that we're going to talk about speech as an act of worship. So this includes our prayer, it includes our praise, it includes our singing, it also includes how we speak and interact with other people. That is an act of worship. This upcoming Tuesday, we're going to talk about how we listen as an act of worship. Or what kind of music are we listening to? What kind of conversations are we listening to? How do we hear God and respond to Him? That is an act of worship. On Wednesday night, we're going to do a Bible study. And that Bible study is going to look at an example of a life in the Old Testament of a great biblical character whose entire life embodied this idea of living as an act of worship. And then on Thursday of this week, we're going to talk about work as an act of worship. That's right, our work. Whether we work at home or we work out in public, how we work is an act of worship, and it reflects our Creator and our understanding of our relationship to our Creator. So stay tuned this whole week as we continue to dig our own wells and we talk about worship as a lifestyle. Now, how are we going to do engagement this week? Well, I'm excited to tell you we're going to try something a little fun, a little different. If you go to our church website, you will see that there is a new card that has been posted. And on that card, you're going to be able to vote for your favorite songs that we have had in our weekly playlist. Now hear me clearly. Worship includes singing, but it's more than that. But this is one thing we can do as part of an act of worship. So you're going to go to our website, and you're going to fill out that form, and you are going to just pick your favorite top three songs that have been included in our worship playlist during this lockdown period. We're going to aggregate these results, and then next week, we're going to post them so everybody can see here are the top 10. I want you to pick your top three, but we're going to aggregate the top 10 songs from that playlist that have really spoken and ministered to our congregation during this time of sheltering at home. And then secondly, further down that same page, if you go look, there's a video clip of a Christian comedian named Tim Hawkins, and he's going to talk about worship styles. And this is not anything serious. It's just meant for fun. But I encourage you to watch that video and laugh along and then see if you can identify your own worship style in this set from Tim Hawkins. So thank you for joining us tonight. 
And before I end this, let me also remind you a couple other engagement things that are going on all throughout the month. As part of digging your own wells during the month of May, be sure to read the proverb that corresponds to the day of the month. So when it's, you know, May 23rd, go ahead and read Proverbs 23. And then finally, all throughout the month, we have posted on our website a Bible study contest card. And if you will go and click on that card, you can watch all four videos from our August 2019 Big Group Learning. If you watch all four videos before the end of May and fill out the submission form at the bottom of the page, you'll be entered into a drawing. And at the end of the month, we're going to draw one winner and that person will win a $25 Amazon gift card. Thank you once again for joining me tonight. I look forward to what's going to be unfolded this week as we continue to dig our own wells and we recognize this week that we're going to focus on our personal worship.